Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast, with weekly messages from the Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. How many of you watch, uh, you have certain Christmas movies you watch every year regularly? Anybody have certain ones you have to watch every year, right? It's a Wonderful Life, White Christmas. Uh, Home Alone, Elf, <laughs> Christmas Vacation, you know, all those different ones that um, they do. Uh, there's one that there's a billion different versions of. It's called A Christmas Carol, actually based on a book by Charles Dickens. I will tell you my opinion, the Muppet version is the iconic version of that movie. <laughs> Hands down, my kids don't agree with me, but I, I love anything with Muppets in it. Um, but... I want to talk this morning about something that's a little different in a Christmas message, but something that Charles Dickens actually tackled in that book. If you remember in the story, Scrooge was a, a rough guy, right? Um, he didn't like anyone. He, he loved money. And he was visited by three ghosts that we don't normally talk about at Christmas time. Uh, but one of them was the ghost of Christmas what? Past. He was haunted by his past. And his dead partner showed up to, to warn him to change his ways or bad things would happen. And in the end of the book, he ends up... Uh, finding Christ, at least in the Muppet version. Uh, he finds Jesus because he says, Scrooge is saved, but he changes his ways. And I know, guys, as we come to the end of a year, as we come to Christmas time, a lot of us struggle with our past. As we come to Christmas time, we look back at the year, we think, oh, you know, I, I wish I'd have done this, I wish I'd have done this. And then we look into the new year and we say, well, I would love to change, but I really can't. I want you to turn with me, if you would, to Philippians chapter 3. I want to read a passage that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. Now, Paul, as many of you know, was an apostle. He gave his life to Christ later in life. He was actually a, a Jewish religious leader up to this point, and he was actually a rising star. He was trained at the best university. Uh, you know, he was really passionate. He was rising in the ranks, and he found Christ, and he had some regrets, some things that had happened in his life earlier, good things and bad things. And he says this in Philippians chapter 3. If you have the Version Bible app, if you hit that more tab in the events, uh, the notes are all there for you as well. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. He's talking about how priceless it is to know Christ, how priceless it is to have a relationship with him and what Christ has done in his life. And then in verse 12, he says this. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved all these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I haven't achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the what? Past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Paul said, I let go of the stuff that's in the past and I do what? I look forward. And so as we're at Christmas time, I want us to take a moment to look at our past and look at our future. And one thing we have to understand is we have to keep our past from hindering our new life. We have to keep the past, what's behind, from hindering this new life that Christ has given us. So Lord, we pray this morning you would help us to forget what's behind because it's forgiven and to focus on what you have for us this Christmas season. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to show you a little video. This is uh, an interpretation of A Christmas Carol, one scene of that for you.
Ebenezer. No, Jonah, you old scallywag. Just go to Nineveh already. Go on, shoot! Ebenezer! my old friend. You've been expired for seven years. So what do I owe this pleasure? Pleasure? Um... I, uh, I can't, I can't, uh, bringing grievous news, Ebenezer. Grievous news, alas. <laughs> the only news worth an ear is that it's Christmas <laughs> and that Christ has come to us. Huh? <sighs> Marley, my old friend, are you quite all right? Well, I'm dead, so no, I'm not all right. And I am also bound by these chains, forged in life by selfish deeds. Human welfare, not money, should have been my business, Ebenezer. Yes, yes, the good book does say that it is better for a poor man to walk in his integrity than for a rich man to be crooked in all his ways. That would have been nice to know. Um, <clears throat> this night, when the clock strikes one, you shall be visited by the ghost of Christmas past. Ah, humbug! <laughs> My past is gone. The judgment that I so richly deserve is as dead as you, buried in Christ Jesus who ransomed my sin on the cross. <laughs> My past will never haunt me again. <laughs> Are you done? I'd like to mention John 3.16. It's a great verse. I, I am trying to deliver an iconic speech. I'm so, so sorry. Yes, the speech is wonderful. Please continue with your presentation. It is beautiful. It's brilliant. Please, go ahead. Um, not the first ghost. Ghost is you, you, you shall not shun the second ghost, for it is more frightening than the first. For the ghost of Christmas present. Present? Bull. Hmm. God is present in my present. For the love of God? Sure, why not? Isn't it wonderful? He governs my steps, makes straight my path, and if I'm willing, he indicates where there is a need. And Marley, I can meet the need that very day. This whole haunting thing is much more difficult than they said it would be. Yes, those chains look tremendously heavy. They are. Listen, Scroogey, between you and me, can I interest you in a ghost of Christmas future? <laughs> let go and let, yeah. The good book does indicate that we should cast aside all our worries about the future because today has enough trouble of its own. And Molly, my friend, you look like you have lots of troubles. Well... Seems I've wasted your time. Clearly, the Lord has done my work for me. I will bid you a deal. One second. Planliness is next to godliness. <laughs> right. God bless us, everyone. I'll see myself out. Don't get up. The Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. So guys, I want to share something with you this morning. As we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate this new life, but the problem is many of us believe that we're unforgivable. We feel like the stuff that we've done in our past is too big for Jesus to forgive. 
And we probably wouldn't say that out loud, but we live that way, don't we? If you only knew the stuff I had done, if you only knew the things, I feel like I'm unforgivable. But see, we see through Scripture all the time people who have been forgiven of things. They were huge. And even Paul said that. He said, I forget what's behind, and I press on towards what is ahead. But here's the thing, guys. If we're in Christ, we're a what? New creation, right? Philip Hughes, a writer, said this, Redemption is the restoration and fulfillment of God's purposes in creation. This is the life we're supposed to live. The old old stuff is gone. All those things are gone. All the mistakes, all the sins, all the failures. And I love this line. I can't remember where I found it. But they said, we're not just a clean-up version of the old, but we're truly a new creation. We're a new creation. We're forgiven. We're brand new. So, guys, as we look into a new year, sometimes we think, how could God use me? I've done too much bad, right? I've done too much stuff in my life. But here's the thing. No one is too far gone. Nobody's too far out. And this Christmas season, guys, celebrate that. Remember that we are in Christ. And if we're in Christ, our past no longer has any power over us. We're forgiven. And I can't tell you, I I can tell you myself, I struggle with this a lot when I was a new believer, how could Jesus use me? I still sometimes, how could God do that with all the stuff I did? You know, I was such a hoodlum. I did all these things, you know, how could God forgive me? But he does. And that's one of God's specialties is forgiving the past. He made a way for us to have a new life. So we can't let the past haunt us, right? Don't let the past keep you from what God has. Now, are there still consequences sometimes? Absolutely. We still sometimes deal with stuff that we've done, we, the repercussions of that, but the past is gone, and, but we can't keep the past from God's work in our present. We have to keep our past from hindering God's work in our lives today. In John chapter 4, there's a great story of Jesus at the well. I won't read it because it's pretty much the whole chapter, first part of the chapter, but there's a lady at a well. He was in Samaria. Jews didn't go to Samaria, but he was passing through and he found a lady at a well at, um, in the hot part of the day. The only reason a lady would be at a well in the hot part of the day is because she wasn't welcome in social circles. She was an outcast. And so Jesus came up and he said, hey, can you give me a drink? And the lady said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You're a Jew, you're a guy, and you're talking to me in public. We don't do that. And Jesus said, if you only knew. <laughs> if you only knew. And then he said, why don't you go get your husband and let's talk? And she said, well, I, I don't have a husband. And he said, yeah, you're right, you've had five and you're living with a guy you're not married to. And she went, <gasps> but then she started pushing Christ away. Well, well let, let's talk theology here for a minute. She was kind of pushing him away, and he was offering her grace. Guys, so many of us do this. We say, Lord, my past is that, and, and you couldn't do anything in me. You couldn't use me. You couldn't, I couldn't be a, a board member at a church. I, I couldn't teach Sunday school. I couldn't bring people to Christ. I've done too much. We can't allow that stuff. But a lot of us, we believe that we're unlovable. We feel like we're too far gone. We feel like we've done too much. We feel like we're not the right type. We're not the right person. I remember when I I first became a Christian, I felt like God was telling me to to be a minister. And I was like, "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. I was like, I don't want any part of that. I don't like talking in front of people. I still don't. (laughs) Right? But I was like, "I, I can't do that. I don't, I don't talk. I'm shy. I'm a dork. I'm a geek. I can't do that. Nobody likes me. I, I just gave every excuse in the book. And the Lord kept saying, I love you. I want to use you. 
And guys, I really believe some of you are here today and you're saying, Lord, you couldn't use me. And he's saying, I want to. I want to do something through you if you would just trust, if you would just believe. And Jesus was actively reaching out to the Samaritan woman. She was an unlovable. Everyone told her, you're unlovable. Nobody likes you. You've done too many things. You're the wrong breed. You're half Jew, half Gentile. You can't be loved. Jews won't hang out with you. God doesn't want you. You've had too many husbands. Nobody likes you. That's why you've had so many husbands. You're not welcome with us. Anybody ever been told that before? You're not part of this crew. You can't be part of this. And Jesus was reaching out to her. She was an outsider. But Jesus was coming to her and sharing. So here's the deal. She'd, she'd had five husbands. She was living with a sixth. So either she was super immoral or she'd had a really rough life. I would venture to say it was a second. She'd had a rough life. And I know some of us here have had a pretty rough life. Some of us watching online have had a rough life. But Jesus is still reaching out to you because he loves you. He created you. And so sometimes... People keep showing up at your door to tell you that Jesus loves you. People keep showing up in your life, nudging you. You keep hearing messages nudging you that Jesus wants to use you. I think God's talking to you. He wants to use us. He wants to do something with us. And so what does God want to do in our lives today? But she was distancing herself from Christ because of her past and because of her lifestyle. Sometimes we distance ourselves from Jesus because of what we're doing right now. I don't want God to see what I'm doing. He already has. <laughs> he sees. Well, I don't, I don't want God to be in this. And we, we kind of push him away. Guys, one of the greatest things you could do this Christmas season is open up your life and say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Do what you want. Dream big dreams. I've been reading this devotional, and uh, one of the things he keeps saying in this devotional is keep dreaming big. Start small, but dream big. But just be faithful. Just keep consistently walking towards him and see what he's doing. And so what is Jesus speaking to you today? Is he talking to you about giving something up? Is he talking to you about starting something new? Is he talking to you about restoring your relationship? Maybe starting a ministry, maybe stepping out in faith to do something, something big. Maybe he's talking to you about starting over in the new year and, and getting consistent with him. Whatever it is, allow him to talk to you. And then last, we have to keep the past from hindering God's work and our futures. I love this. In Philippians chapter 3, back where we read earlier, we're going to back up a few verses, starting in verse 7. Paul said these. He's talking about all the stuff he'd done in previously before Christ. I mean, he was growing. He was, he was a somebody. He was somebody important. And he says this, I once thought all these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else Else, else. Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I want to read that one more time. Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. And listen to what he says. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him. Whoa, wait a minute, what? <laughs> he said, I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. And 
He goes on, what we read early. I don't mean to say I've already achieved these things, but I press on. I forsake the past. I forget the past, and I press on. So Paul said, sometimes we can let our past keep us from moving forward in what Christ wants for us. A lot of us think, how could God use me? We allow our past to keep us from moving forward in what Christ wants for us. How could the Lord use me? And Paul said, hey, I did a lot worse things. Paul drug Christians out and sent them to their death. And then he became one. So he's saying, if he could do that, you can do anything in Christ. He said he wouldn't allow that stuff to keep him from what Jesus wanted for him. And here's the thing, guys. Sometimes our past keeps us from real relationships that would benefit us. How many of us have ever pushed someone away because we're afraid of getting hurt again? You ever done that? A lot of times people who have experienced hurt or experienced betrayal, they push people away. People that the Lord sends into our lives to help us grow, we push them away because we say, I don't want that to happen again. And it can be a challenge. But I want to challenge you this morning, guys. Allow Jesus to step in and work in your life because you have no idea the things he can do. We have no idea the things he wants to do in us. One of my very favorite verses is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It says, because of his incredible power in us, he's able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. According to his power at work in us. Guys, you have that power at work in you. And he wants to work through you. He wants to do something. And some of you are sitting here today as testimonies of that. I would have never thought I would be here. I would have never thought I'd be a missionary. I would have never thought I'd be a Sunday school teacher. I would have never thought I'd help in youth. I'd never thought I would be sitting in church with my family. But for what Christ has done. And that's just the beginning. He can do incredible things in us. And he brings people into our lives that help us. I was just reading a statistic this week that said 70-something percent of people come to Christ because a friend invited them. Six percent comes because a pastor invited them. (laughs) And we invite people all the time, but you guys are the ones. When Jesus puts you into someone's life, you're becoming that person, that hand and feet of Christ. In the same way, Jesus sends people into our lives to help us grow. That person that keeps bumping you and saying, hey, I think God wants to use you. Maybe God's sending them to speak to you, to help you grow, to help you heal from a past hurt so you can move forward. And then lastly, sometimes we have to let go of our past, and it keeps us from letting go of our pain. Sometimes we let our past keep us from letting go of our pain. And here's the thing. I've said it a billion times. You're probably sick of hearing it. But until the change of remaining the same is greater than the pain of change, we choose to say the same. We sit in our pain because it's what? Comfortable. We sit in our pain because we know it. But Jesus wants us to let go of that stuff so that we can have new life and new relationships and new opportunities to grow. But sometimes we hold on to that stuff. So this Christmas, I want to challenge you to go ahead and let go of that pain, let go of that hurt, and allow God to start working in you in this new year coming up. Let this Christmas be one where you Amend relationships. Let this Christmas be one where you say, Lord, come do what you want to do in me. That's my gift to you this year. So I'm going to ask you if you would stand this morning. Very simple message today. Very simple application today. Lord, I want to be free of my past. I'm already free. I'm already forgiven but I've got to let go of the hold that it has on me. 
So Lord, I just pray all across this room, all of us watching online, Lord, you would help us this morning to let go of the past. Lord, you've already forgiven it. Lord, let us let go of the hold that it has on us to allow you to work in us. And as we celebrate your birth today and tomorrow, as we celebrate that you came as a babe in a manger, as the king of the universe came in the most humble way possible, Lord, we offer our lives to you to do what you want in us. But Lord, don't let our past keep us back. Help us to let go of all those things that you've forgiven. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning, say, you know, Pastor X, I'm here today, but I really don't have a relationship with Christ. I've never asked him to forgive my sins, but I'd like to start that today. Or maybe at one point I did, but I've walked away from that. But I want to I start over. I want this Christmas season to be one that, that I begin with Christ. If that's you, would you slip your hand up right where you're at? We just want to pray with you right where you are. If you're here this morning and say, you know, I need to let go of some stuff from my past because it's hindering me. It's hindering me from what Jesus wants to do in me today. It's hindering me from relationships that that would be beneficial. I just want to let go of that. That you would just raise your hand. We want to pray with you right where you are. Yeah. Let's pray this morning. Father, we just pray that this morning as we celebrate Christmas, you would help us to let go of all the stuff in the past, stuff that's forgiven. Lord, it was crucified with Christ. It's gone. Lord, help us to let go of the power that that past has over us. The guilt that comes to us at night, the guilt that keeps us, or the hurt, or the fear that keeps us from relationships. Lord, we let go of all that today. I pray you, every person that raised their hands, and even some that didn't this morning, Lord, that you would help them to let go of the past, to let go of the hurts, and receive the freedom that comes from you. That's the best Christmas gift ever. Help us to let go of that pain and that hurt and allow you to work in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close out with a a Christmas hymn this morning. If you want prayer, if you want someone to pray for you, I'd invite you to come up to the front. Someone will meet you here and pray with you this morning.